What's good, my guy? Already drinking? I've been drinking for a little bit. <laughs> That's oh, probably my man. second one. Yeah, let me yeah. try to catch up. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, it's, you know, nothing wrong with a little whiskey on a week night after a hard day of work. So, you know. No, nah, not at all, man. Not, not at, at all. all. Gotta love that brown liquor. Especially me, man. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like, I got back to the gym this morning after, like, a big, uh, let's call it a holiday break because it was five months. <laughs> so I was like, you know, once, you know, the Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas circuit started, I just, oh, I got too bogged down. I got too exhausted. I got too busy. So I was like, okay, I'll just take it. The gym was the one thing that hurt. So Mm. after January, I didn't want it to be like a New Year's resolution like everybody else and get back to the gym in January. So I waited a little bit longer, let the riffraff get cleaned out because I was serious about getting back to the gym. Like I need to, you know, and I I need to feel better in my clothes again. And I like the way I felt back in September last time I tried it out. So nice. Got back there this morning and – you know, it took a little bit of time to kind of get things back in the swing of things. But the coolest shit about it, though, I weighed myself, which is like the first time since September. Even after all of that, all the holidays, all the Thanksgiving food, and all the Christmas treats and everything from New Year's, I only gained two pounds. Ooh. That's it. I kept all the weight off. Yeah, I'm feeling you know what? very good about that. Like, <laughs> that could just be like you being a little more hydrated than you normally are. You know what I mean? Because weight be. fluctuates. That's right. So you might still weigh the same. That'd be even better. I'm hoping because I do drink mm-hmm. a lot of water still too. But yeah, just the fact yeah. that, you know, because you feel a certain way. I'm like, man, I'm getting too lazy. I'm getting fat again. I'm putting all the weight back on. That was eye-opening for me to be like, man, I actually took it off and kept it off, which is always my biggest hurdle. So I'm feeling very good yeah. today. Fucking smash the workout. And we're back in business, baby. So let's try to get these Hell next 20 yeah. pounds off in the next two weeks. That'd be fun. <laughs> Hell oh, yeah. If unhealthy, I got that Cancun trip in two weeks, man. So it's yeah, you can up on me. So I got I gotta be looking good out there, man. It's my first time to Mexico. Hell yeah, it's gonna be a hot boy summer. Woo! I'm trying to do a hot boy February. That's, that's man, you, you gotta wear a speedo. Oh my god, I don't think I'm ever going to be that confident to wear a speedo. Just oh, that's a whole different level of wear big a speedo energy and just, just spread your legs just nice and wide. Hands on your hips. Just look up to the sky and just put the power stance. Yes. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fucking wish. Maybe one of these days. Who the hell, hell knows? No. But you gotta do it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Oh my god! If I do it, you're getting the first picture just to haunt your nightmares for the next <laughs> ten years of your life. Just because you put that. And I'm leaking it. And I'm oh, leaking no. it. Oh <laughs> no! No, man, that's gonna be the first thing on OnlyFans. That's don't take the the revenue stream away from you. People want to see that. <laughs> oh my god uh, how was your week sir because that's about as far as my week went my week has been um you know what i can't even complain man you know i i got a raise today at work oh really did you just start I've only... yeah exactly what that's dope man see people this is what happens when you do your fucking job thank you don't even get me started that's all you have to do just do your fucking job and be decent at it right um so yeah, I had a goal to hit. I hit the goal, and then I got a raise. That a boy, yes, yeah. Sir. Um, so I can get a raise in my contract or whatever yeah. you want to call it. I can get a raise every month. Damn. Yeah. So my salary can jump up twelve thousand dollars essentially. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ! I might yeah. need to switch careers here. Yeah. 
That's a hell of a perk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, it's it sounds great, but you know, you still got to go out there and execute. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You got to grind. I get that, man. Yeah. You know us. We come from sales positions and everything, so I know the hustle. Yeah. Like, I'm oh, glad yeah. I got out of the hustle now. But if I ever needed to turn it back on and go, I could still fucking do it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, easily, sure. easily. Yeah. It's, just, it's a light switch. So, but that's that's yeah. awesome, man. Congratulations. But, thanks, man. Thanks. And outside of that, I mean, it's well before I move on. It's like more money, more problems. You know what I mean? Oh, yes, sir. And with problems come responsibility. So, always. And with, and with responsibility comes accountability. Oh, he's off top of the dome, huh? Yeah. So bars man. he got tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also ready to know, like, I mean, ready to handle the challenges that will come along the way. Because inevitably, that's, right. that's just what happens. It's a yin and a yang, positives mm. and negatives. They follow oh, each other. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. That is for damn sure. And I'm somebody who has lived that my entire career, no matter what job I'm doing. I'm always on that, trying to get that next level. I don't like feeling stagnant in a job. And if I'm not getting bonuses or raises or anything, it's like, you got to put that hustle in, just like you said. I know it's different. The job market's different today. And don't even get mm-hmm. me started on, you know, customer service and the kind of the deterioration of it in our country these days. I can't go to a single place without somebody having a little snarky attitude but i'm not gonna go into the old boomer back in my day shit but at the same time it's like you know if you're doing a job you're paid to do the job do Mm -hmm. the job to the best of your ability that's just business that's just how life is supposed to be so and if you hate your job maybe you should quit exactly i said that weeks ago on this show like dude nobody's making you do the job it's just that's the job you picked that's the one that's paying you enough money to do something with your life so hey yeah just be a decent human being at your job. That's all that's all it takes. Yeah, man. I'm not that good at my job. I just do what I have to do. <laughs> exactly. They keep me around, you know? Yeah. But I'm really good. I'm really good with the customers though. I may not be as good technically sound, but I'm mm-hmm. great with the customers. So mm-hmm. it gets you it gets you pretty far. Yeah, exactly. See, everyone has good traits. Everybody has weaknesses. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's but that's good. No, that's a hell of a way to kickstart the middle of your week is with a nice raise. Yeah, fucking hump day for real. Um, anyway. I'm my whiskey. <laughs> in other news. <laughs> yes, sir. In other news, um, so I hung out with, um, you know who? Yes, on the new Monday. one. Yeah. Ah. I don't know if I ever gave her a name. No, you didn't name her. I didn't give her a name. Interesting. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know if I could think of one right now because it, it's got to be a, the, the right Pokemon. You know what I mean? Okay. So I mean, there's no rush. You don't have to. Yeah, I will. But, I will. There will be a Pokemon for her picked out on next week's episode. Like it. I like it. I think all it's right, funny. Right. Like that's like the one girl you brought up on the show that wasn't a Pokemon. Must be special. She might, she might be a fucking Digimon. You never fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> They're not ready for that, dude. Like <laughs> the casual fan on this show, like barely knows we're talking about Pokemon half the time. They have no idea what I. I maybe two people I know. <laughs> who listen to the show, no Digimon, and I'm related to both of them. That's it. <laughs> no one knows Digimon, but I fucking loved Digimon. You oh, my I mean? God. Real ones Ooh. know. Absolutely. Oh, the OGs, for sure. Yes, so we'll who, look forward to that. Who's your favorite Digimon? Ooh. See, okay. I was always... See, we're going to lose so many fans with this one. <laughs> I was always like a Garurumon, Where Garurumon, Metal Garurumon mm-hmm. kind of guy. Like, just because that character... I forget. I think it was Matt on the show. Yep, he was such yep. a little dickbag. 
to everybody, yeah. it yep. made him more compelling. So I was like, also he wore gloves and a cutoff shirt, so he was looking like a total douche the entire show, and it didn't Bro, even matter. He was like the Gary of Digimon. Exactly. See, <laughs> I like I like the Gary types. Yeah, <laughs> the cocky bastards who have like really the ace and the ace Pokemon, the ace Digimon. It's yeah. usually the ace, but they're never the main character. So exactly. That describes me. Exactly. I see myself in these kind of characters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those are always my people. What about you, though? I've always fucked with Metal Greymon. Now, I knew you are a Greymon guy. Fucking Metal Greymon. <laughs> he just looks so cool to me, and he shot fire. He kind of reminded me of, like, a Charizard. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, you like your and, you know, fire-breathing dragon types. Yes. Yeah. And he had a fucking metal claw, like a long-ass metal claw. Oh, yeah, he's dope. dope. Don't get dope me wrong. Shit. I'm not yeah. hating on the guy, but just like it's not like a Pikachu thing where I'm like, fuck Pikachu. Like <laughs> God just made him the mascot and just said fuck everybody else, even though he's like yeah, see, the least. Pikachu actually sucks the- though. Exactly. Like in every like, video game, anything yeah. I've ever played, he's a walk in the park. Trash. But the Raichu? Park. Oh yeah. He'll fuck you. can up. work with Raichu. That's what always drove me insane about the show. Is this dude's like Pikachu's great the way he is. I'm like, motherfucker, you're getting clapped in every tournament. Because you never evolve your Pokemon. What a piece <laughs> of shit. But you got the audacity to put Pikachu out there against some fucking Mega Dragons and shit. Like, what's wrong with you? Just like, stomping on him. Even your fucking Charizard knows you're not shit. He won't even <laughs> listen to you. <laughs> He's the, the one best. that fully evolved. Doesn't even listen to you. He, he evolved fast, too. And he was just like, yeah, yeah I'm not listening to your bitch ass. No, he ain't I'm for good. me. I'm good. <laughs> I'm not about to put my life on the line for this weak ass dude. Right. This dude. Go to oh. sleep. <laughs> fucking, oh, classic, classic cartoons. If you yes. don't know what we're talking about, folks, that's on you. <laughs> Maybe you should get out the fucking rock you're living under. Right. Oh, that was nice and early. I like the way you put that in there. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, we got plenty to talk about tonight. We can get the show started early if you think we can. Let's get it. Let's do it. One, two, I love it. So we are back once again, folks. Welcome to the Bank Bros Show. You know what it is. You know what you clicked on. And we're happy you clicked on it. In case you forgot, my name is Siege. That's Ryan, the shaggy to my Scooby-Doo. So we are always live in living color, feeling good. This man's got some extra paper in his pocket. I got a little bit of whiskey in my glass. Like, life is good. Can't really complain at all here. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. But we are coming off the heels of a very spicy NFL Conference Championship weekend. Some big NBA shit going on, too. So we got a little bit of both sports in the pipeline for you tonight. I want to get started right away because, boy, oh, boy, the Lions and the Niners played each other. And I want to know all your thoughts. Even though I messaged you a lot through the game and I know nothing shakes you, I just want to get your take on it, your review of your season, the immaculate Detroit Lions season that came and has now left us, but with so many amazing memories. And I enjoyed the entire ride. What did you think about this game, sir? The NFC champion. How do I? (laughs) (laughs) That's so appropriate. It's so appropriate. It's, oh, oh, it's bittersweet. Bro, I swear to God, like, 
After the second half, after IU caught that ball that bobbled off a weak ass Vildor's head. Oh, I'm sorry. For that Vildor, song man. was playing in a loop in my head as I was watching the game. I didn't even hear the commentators. Nah. All I heard was before we game. Oh man. <laughs> that like, bro. I'm gonna auto tune you on here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man. But no, like, yo, I was talking so much shit. Which I do not regret. Fuck you guys. You, you should. Yes. Yeah. During the game too. I was talking plenty <laughs> shit. Um, first half stood on business. We was on that yes. Jamison Williams took off for one. Demont can't stop him when he runs up the gut. Nope. Should have done that a whole lot more, by the way. Um, Jameer Gibbs breaking big runs off, scoring one himself. Mm. Man, everything was looking good. We was up 24-7. And then Vildor's mm. helmet happened. Mm. And immediately mm. I thought of you know that uh, Julian Edelman catch in the oh, Super Bowl? Oh, yep, yep. I was like, fuck, hell no. This can't be it. So God <laughs> going to repay Kyle Shanahan for that moment. In this yep. moment, how fucking ironic. And that's exactly what happened. They didn't look back. Um, <laughs> we came out on offense, made a lot of mistakes. We had a fumble. We had some drops. Mm. Didn't convert on fourth down. And defensively, we couldn't stop Christian McCaffrey. Few can. Very few can, sir. And once Christian McCaffrey scored, I knew it was over with. Yeah. But did I ever panic? No. You really didn't. I, I never kept checking panicked. on you. I kept checking on you. <laughs> I was I was good the whole game. Yeah. Because I understood what I was seeing. What I was seeing was the Detroit Lions and their inability and maybe even exper- inexperience I think that's in big-time playoff moments um, come to fruition. Uh, we beat ourselves. It was yep. really nothing that the 49ers did. Uh, mm-hmm. Jared Goff threw the ball well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. He didn't throw an interception, did he? I don't have the stats in front of me. But I don't think no he did. Interceptions? No interceptions? No interceptions. He was uh, uh, 25 of 41, 273, and one touchdown. Not a, a bad game at all. Were, a lot of those were throwaways. Yeah. Like just chucks off just because of pressure. Uh, exactly. But when he threw the ball, he was pinpoint accurate. I Shout out to Jared Goff, man. Like I'm a fan for real now. At, that's um, see, I think that's the big win. How ironic that you started the season with golf as your biggest question mark, and now look at him now. He answered me. He answered. He answered you. There's no reason why we shouldn't give this man an extension and treat Hennon Hooker like our Aaron Rodgers, like our Jordan mm. Love, because I think that could work out in the long run. It's um, a great idea. Yeah, but man, uh, do I think Brock Purdy's good? No. <laughs> um, Over, do I before you go? <laughs> I listened to an old episode today, and it was literally the one where you go, I'm standing on business. Brock Purdy is overrated as fuck. Overrated as fuck. Overrated as fuck. <laughs> Five fucking times. I was losing it at work because I forgot you did that, and it's the funniest shit ever. But there you go. He's still here. <laughs> He's Look, he had a bunch of bullshit-ass scrambles. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Some <laughs> bullshit-ass Madden bullshit scrambles. Like you playing Madden, all of a sudden just makes magic he, happen. Because like when he threw the ball, he was mediocre. <laughs> like he, we let him off the hook. We, the Detroit Lions, let him off the hook. If Viltor picks that pass, we don't lose that game. I'm not trying to blame it all on him though. I'm not you blaming should. it all. on him. I would. I was like, again, I, I apologize for Vildor. I didn't even know he was on the Lions until I saw that, and I go. Oh my God! Is that Kendall Vildor, the former Chicago Bear, who was no absolute dog water? Like, oh no! That's why I went right to you as soon as I saw. It. I said, "I'm so sorry for Vildor. I had no idea you guys took him." 
Why? What were you thinking? He's he awful. said. No, he literally said, I'm so sorry. I swear he was still on our team. I, th- I swear <laughs> I thought, like, practice squad or something. And all of a sudden, he's, like, playing for you. And I'm like, what are you doing on the field, dude? You don't belong there. Did you get I lost? Mean, Cam Sutton ain't any better. Comparable. But Vildor, I've seen firsthand for, for years. And I was like, what? No. Sorry about that. Go on. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, why did we lose the game? That's one of the reasons why we lost the game. Um, the fourth downs, I know fourth downs are, they've been a big topic of conversation. I just wanted to let any, everybody know the Detroit Lions would not have been in the NFC championship game had it not been for Dan Campbell or Dan Gamble and his big ass balls of always going for it on fourth down. So am I mad he went for it? Hell the fuck no. That's exactly who he is. That's exactly who we are. We have an identity. We're going to stick to it. And I respect that. And I stand by his decision, 1,000%. I've never heard someone call him Dan Gamble, and I'm tripping right now. That's hilarious. I love that. Dan (laughs) Gamble. Woo! I love it. (laughs) That's great. Uh, I lost my train of thought, but that's my motherfucking coach. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. That took me for a fucking whirlwind. I was like, Dan Gamble. That's my motherfucking coach. And you know what? Another reason why we lost the game, drop passes. Josh Reynolds has been solid for us all year. He he's been a great addition on the other side of the field to Amon Ross St. Brown. Yes. And he had the, he had two crucial drops in this game. Big drops. Big drops. One on fourth down and one on third and long, which he was like wide the fuck open. He could have taken off for another 15 yards, maybe. Yep. That um, was shocking. I was yeah. stunned by that. Like those those are plays he normally makes. I know if he gets those balls back, pause. <laughs> That he would make the catch the second time around. You keep catching me when I'm drinking. <laughs> Those balls back. But yes, you're right. Um, man. Uh, and defensively, we just couldn't stop him. Mm. Uh, we got close to getting to Purdy a lot of times. We were just seconds away, inches away. This is a game of inches. That's right. Uh, shout out to Brock Purdy and his quick release. Other than that, fuck you. You're overrated. <laughs> hey, you said something nice about him. All right. Yeah. He gets rid of the ball quick. Uh, he makes quick decisions. He's accurate throwing in like short routes. That's right. But uh, when you know when he throws that bang eight, he normally throws it off of a defender's head, and the defender normally catches it. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. Yeah. If it was Kurt, ah man, I wish that was Kirby Joseph. Kirby Joseph would have picked that bitch. That's true. CJ would have picked that bitch. Very CJ true. had a pick in the game. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. It was amazing. Man, we need him back in Detroit. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. <laughs> Bring CJ Garner Johnson back, please. He belongs in Detroit. That attitude to. stood on. I don't give a. He waved by. It didn't age well, but you know what? I could fuck with that. Yeah, I like that. He I went into the half. He went to halftime waving goodbye to Niners fans, and I was like, he feels real good about this. I told you, I was like. That was the moment where I go, oh, no, don't do that. That's way too fucking early. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it bit him in the butt. Now, I'm not saying that curse anything. I don't believe in all that shit. But it, it definitely gave me pause when I saw that going, oh, don't tempt fate. You're doing great. Lions were kicking the shit out of the Niners that first half. No. Almost a total blowout. We were going up and down the field on their defense. Like, At will. At we will. made their defense look like the Arizona Cardinals. There you go. So, yeah, I don't blame you for waving goodbye. This that by all rights seemed like it was a done deal. Mm-hmm. Cuz even I was watching like damn Niners like we talked about it last week where I said if the 
other Niners team from the week prior plays this game, that's what you saw in the first half. Yeah, that was that, that was same team. Half. And I go, mm-hmm. that's exactly what's going to happen. What happened was the better Niners team showed up at halftime. Fucking and then the old Water- line showed up. Yes, Waterboy style, Bobby Boucher, and the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl. So that's how that went. <laughs> but you never want to be the team against the Mud Dogs at that point. That sucks. So yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, you know what, like I got nothing but high hopes for this team and absolutely but optimism. Like I wasn't even like, was I sad? Eh, a little bit, but not as sad as you be. think I'd be. No, because overall, like you've been saying you weren't supposed to be there. We weren't supposed to be there, nope. but you know what? We accomplished a lot this season. We jump started our rebuild another two years, I think. Oh yeah, because oh, I don't yeah. think I don't think anyone, as far as like beat writers and people like reporters and shit like that, I don't think anyone expected the Lions to be in the conference championship. They expected mm-hmm. them to be good. I think the only people that expected the Detroit Lions to be where they ended up were the people in that locker room, mm-hmm. which is all that matters. And that's all that matters. Day. Yeah. Exactly. But- you're absolutely right. And a lot of people didn't even give the Lions credit in this game. They thought for sure they're mm-hmm. gonna get blown out, you yep. know, in, in San Fran. Like, yeah. like I Skip get Bayless. It. Skip ba- you know, he's a notorious hater, but my thing is, like I said, I've been with this bandwagon since last year because I saw you saw it click. You saw Dan Campbell unlock the team. They started really believing the message. They really started to rally behind him, and you started seeing them string wins together. And then when they started this season, stringing wins together, starting hidden big-time teams that every expert said they had no chance against. Hmm. They punched a lot of people in the face this season. Mm-hmm. So I actually agree with you. I I would be sad just because, man, you never want to get that far and not finish, but only yeah. one can finish. Mm-hmm. Pause. But that's the thing is, like, no one saw that season coming the way it played out. Twelve and five to finish it all up, like that's. I nuts. think I had them eleven and six. There you go. Like that is a great fucking season by every measure of it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like they just because you can look at other teams that had comparable records. Look at the Eagles, killing people all season long, and the wheels fell off so embarrassingly for them in the playoffs mm-hmm. that there was a laughing stock at that point. They're going to be still good. But Detroit was that one team where it's like, this, I think, is sustainable. Yeah. I think if you just put a few more pieces, definitely in the secondary, just so you can start stop getting um, scored on we all need the time. Two corners. Yes. Two. Cam Sutton, his job is on the line. He's Seriously. Gotta go. Like he's gotta like, go. Yo, for real. He was getting exposed a lot in that game. And I, was and like, I saw this shit since we played the fucking Falcons. I said, if Drake London is killing this dude off the line, mossing this dude, but his yep. quarterback just sucks, imagine if he goes against, huh, I don't know, Mike Evans. Mm, mm, yeah. I, I don't even know who he was on most in this game. Was but he, he got torched the whole time? by everybody. He, he couldn't, got, tackle Debo, couldn't tackle yeah. Debo. Ayuk was frying our corners. Like, Ayuk fried all of our corners. Ayuk was going insane. Oh my god! <laughs> like that, like yo, like he's probably outside of Christian McCaffrey, he's my favorite 49er to watch. I would agree with that. I'm a big his, Debo fan, but Ayuk is so fucking good. His route running is so pristine, and a it's fucking nerd like me can appreciate that. <laughs> but long story short, I just and I said it online too. I really think there's none to hang your hat about. This is a fucking fantastic season, and I think the Lions are set up 
with Dan Campbell. You got Ben Johnson back now, too. So your coaching Ooh. staff is intact, which was huge. Huge. I don't blame Ben Johnson for staying either. He probably looked around and said, Y'all suck. I'm not, I'm not going to none of these fucking teams. If anything, I could see him waiting a year and watching Mike McCarthy with binoculars and just going, When are you getting fired? You getting fired yet? <laughs> are you fired yet? Oh, you're I still being gu- dumb? Okay, Jerry. I, yeah, I guarantee Ben Johnson would be the savior of the Dallas Cowboys. I was going to put that out there because they need somebody who isn't conservative, old ass Mike McCarthy with a nice young roster that they've got there. So Ben Johnson is a great playmaker. So that is something I see in the future. However, for now, Lions are built for success now, which Mm -hmm. when's the last time you could say that? That they are built for sustainable success. Never. Not in my lifetime. Mm -mm. It's the first for me. That's why I think I yeah, that's why I think I latched on to them so quickly. Not to mention my team is hot trash anyway, but Watching a team like that, where my entire life they're seen as like the dumpster of the league, dumpster's gone. That's a that is an absolute stud of a team now. So mm-hmm. I don't know what next year holds. I don't know if they get back to the NFC Championship or further. It's gonna be, tough. It's gonna be very fucking tough. And even Dan Campbell said that too. But mm-hmm. future is very fucking bright. Mm-hmm. I think you should be very proud of your team. Yeah, very proud. Um, next year it's gonna be tough, but. I just wanted to say, winning the division is the minimum. Oh, yeah. That's your new standard now, which mm-hmm. is also very fucking refreshing. Is That's the standard yeah. for your minimum. So, yeah, that's fucking cool. Wake me up when my team remembers that. Or, you know, even try to hit our bare minimum now, just beating Green Bay once <laughs> a year. That's our standard, and we can't even do that. So, yeah, I would love to have a minimum be a division championship every fucking year. That'd be great. Wonder what yeah. that feel like. I, I I have no idea. I I just I'm new to it. <laughs> it's on cloud now. You're like, what is this? The I, air yeah, is, I don't know. The air is crisper up here, and the water tastes a little better. <laughs> oh, the bud yeah. hit a little better. A little bit, right? Just yeah, just, just a little bit better. It feels yeah. a little bit nicer. Not so not so dirty and sludgy. I get that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Niners going to win 34-31. Like my man said, Lions kicked ass. Everything kind of fell apart at the end there. Third quarter is when it really, really went bad because Niners ended up scoring like 17 points in an eight-minute period. And all of a sudden, all those good vibes went, and Niners were cooking. And like you said, they just never looked back. And unfortunately, that fucking helmet bounce to an IU catch is going to live in infamy in a lot of sports center packages, <laughs> NFL reels. That is a catch where you gotta go, what the fuck was that? It was absolutely insane. If you haven't seen it, folks, look up the YouTube clip because I'm sure it's very easy to find now. But Brandon Ayuk is a fucking beast of a receiver. So it's much as I'm putting respect. Oh man. Yeah, pretty overrated ass dude. He about to get exposed by this chief secondary watch. <laughs> Oh, we're going to get there in just a minute. But since talking about the Chiefs, let's pivot over to the AFC title game and those crazy Baltimore Ravens who have torn through this entire league, taking on the defending champions who somehow are still in this shit, but looking better by the week in the Kansas City Chiefs. And this one, a chess game the entire fucking time. And the Kansas City defense has turned a corner which is insane because the Ravens defense, we've been talking about them all year. They've been immaculate. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, 
And they played very well. They played very well. Very well. Kyle Hamilton, like, that is a, a stellar defense. Stellar. And Mahomes, as good as he is, that's still a giant challenge for him. So, looking at this game the way it went all went down and, like, I don't know, man. Chiefs just came out swinging. Ravens had a, a three and out right away. Chiefs scored on them, punched them right in the mouth. Ravens responded. But then after that, it was kind of radio sound for Baltimore and for the most of the game, which really is kind of crazy when you see the way it all played out. Uh, Chiefs scored 10 points in the second quarter. But, I mean, it's not like the Ravens weren't trying here. Ravens were looking great. Zay Flowers played out of his mind all game long. And then he ended up with like a 15-yard taunting penalty. And then the fucking killer here. The man is running for the end zone, dies for a touchdown. And what do you know? Mr. Legereus Need does the most beautiful peanut punch I've seen since Charles Tillman was playing with the Bears. Knocks it out, calls a touchback <laughs> after the fucking taunt. Like, how do you taunt and then fumble in this kind of game? That's insane. LeJSC is an elite player. He has become one. Lamar tries to get Baltimore back into this 17-10, and then he throws into triple coverage in the end zone and gets picked. And even though Kansas City went scoreless in the second half of this game, they still end up beating the Ravens 17-10, somehow, some way, getting their fourth AFC championship in five years which is bananas. How is he this good? He can't keep getting away with this. I don't get it. I don't get it. But now the Chiefs are staring at back-to-back Super Bowl wins, trying to be the first team since the 0405 Patriots to get back-to-back titles. What did you think about this game? Um, I thought Baltimore... All right, Baltimore defensively, they, they played well, all right? Yes. But they should have adjusted sooner. Baltimore came out. They played uh, a lot of zone coverage. They've been a zone team most of the year, probably because their corners have been in and out. Um, and, you know, back when, when was it? Probably like three years ago, they played more man coverage with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey yes, because they had those stable pieces out there. And this year they've been playing a lot of zone. So they came out playing zone and they were blitzing with zone on the back end as well. And Patrick Mahomes was just dotting them up, finding the little holes in the zone. Mm. Um, and, Man, Kelsey ate him alive. I've been saying this for weeks. When they line up in bunch and Kelsey's at the top of the bunch and it's a close formation, Kelsey's going to run a deep seven. So a deep corner route. And he scored on a deep seven. Um, Explain to the casuals what a deep seven means. Oh, so it's like a deep... Fuck, I was going to say it's like a deep seven. I don't know. But... <laughs> like the shape of a seven? <laughs> yeah. So basically, you're running towards the corner. All right? Mm-hmm. Probably about 15, 20 yards down the field. Yep. Normally, when you have uh, something like that, you'll have a, a shorter seven or a shorter outside breaking route. So you can mm-hmm. read the high-low between the corner and the safety Yep. Uh, to see how they're helping, how they're not helping. Because if they're in zone and the deep corner takes over, and say the deep corner is in a deep third, he's going to shoot up for the corner, you would throw the short route. And vice versa, if it's a cover two, the corner is most likely going to match with the short breaking seven, and then the deep breaking seven is going to get open between the safety and the flat corner. Good God, we need to get you a telestrator so bad. Just so you can start marking this shit up, man. I'm telling you, that's yeah. John Madden over here. That should be cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> bang, but... boom, and boom, over here, <laughs> bang, bang, boom. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> 
But yeah, so that's basically what Mahomes was doing, just finding the holes in the defense. And when they adjusted in the second half and played more man with their blitzes and in base coverage, what mm. happened? They didn't score. No, sir. But <laughs> neither did the Ravens. That's right. <laughs> and shout out to the Chiefs defense because they really locked it down. Um, they did. Sneed, I've been a big fan of all season long. Um, he is balling man. so far, man. Oh he my better God. be a he better be an X factor on Madden. I swear. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's swear, earned man. it. He has been my favorite DB to watch all season. Not yeah. because he can cover and play and, and you know play the ball well, but he gets into run fits and he you know he's punching at balls, forcing fumbles. Pause. <laughs> that's two really good you ones know, today. <laughs> he's he's getting in in the run game, and that's always yeah. been his his flaw. You know, coming right. out of college, I've been following him for a while. Coming out of college, they said very quick corner, sticky man coverage, just doesn't mm. tackle. Look at that. Look and at man, that. He's, he's proved them wrong. Absolutely wrong. <laughs> Guy is a fucking force. I mm. swear to God. And when I saw that peanut punch, I was like, dude, like, of course it's Snead. I didn't even see that it was Snead at first. I was like, that's a Snead move. Like, he's that good. He's such a ball hawk. He's so good at coverage. He's so good at defense. So, like, yeah. Chiefs, all of a sudden, that defense that was a question mark for a while has completely changed the whole narrative about them. And now they're kind of considered elite defense now. So, mm-hmm. needs a big part of that. Yeah. And really, they don't have, like, an outstanding pass rush. Nope. It's really just Chris Jones. And then everyone does their part, but none of them are, like, you know. No killers on the team. Necessarily, like, of course you're going to respect them, but you're not going to fear them the same way you fear, like, a Micah Parsons. You know what I mean? Exactly, yes. But I like what you said. Everyone does their job. That's, yeah. at the end of the day. Karloftis gets in on plays. and Right. You know? It's like you said at the top of the show. Just for You do the same thing yourself. Just do your job. Just do, do your job well. Job. Yeah. You ain't got to be the best of all time, but do your job well, and you see the results. And, yeah. oh, boy, oh, boy. So... Here we go. Super Bowl is another fucking rematch between the Chiefs and the Niners, which was the opposite of America's choice for a Super Bowl, I will say. Oh, God. What is your pick between these two teams, which I just don't give a shit about? But if we had to pick somebody. You know who I'm picking. Do I? I ain't picking Brock (laughs) Purdy. The fuck? I was going to test you (laughs) with it. Oh my God! Well, I ain't yeah. picking Brock Purdy, and uh, you giving me between Purdy and Mahomes, I'm gonna take Mahomes. There you go. You, what do I always say? You mentioned it earlier. When you got 15 and 87, you got a chance to win the game. And I'm taking 15 and 87 over damn near almost every one-two punch that's ever played the game. Oof, so I'll man. take the Kansas City Chiefs. Their defense is playing out of its mind. Um, really, that's why I'm picking them. I mean, yeah, I got Kelsey Mahomes, but sure, you know what I'm saying. The 49ers could do some things that limit that a little bit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They have the personnel for it. They got the defense and pass rush for it. Um, so the defense is the real reason why I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, oh, yeah. I think they're going to lock down that offense um, and really give these receivers a run for their money and force Brock Purdy to be perfect with his throws. Yeah, that's big. That's real yeah. big. Um, and I think Brock Purdy is going to make a couple mistakes and they lose this game. I think it's going to be a close game. Mm, okay. Um, because I think the 49ers defense will give uh, the offense some fits. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh yeah. I think they match up very well because you know you got Fred Warner in the middle, you got Traverius Ward out there. Um, I think Traverius Ward, like I, 
I think he's good. I think he's going to give Rasheed Rice problems, but I think Rasheed Rice will still make his hand full of plays. Yeah. I think Rasheed Rice will still get like 70 yards-ish. That's very fair. Rice is good enough for yards. any of that. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be tough he'll, yards. He'll earn it for sure. Yeah, because Cabarius Ward, one thing he's really good at is press coverage. Mm. Um, Rasheed Rice, and not just Rasheed Rice, but rookie receivers normally struggle in the NFL to begin uh, getting off press coverage most of them you know what i mean of course you get the exceptions like a jamar chase a justin jefferson Mm -hmm. those are the exceptions but most rookie receivers struggle against press man coverage and that's what Traverius ward does well so i think they match up very well against the kansas city chiefs offense and i think kansas city still wins this game probably like 2013 oh okay solid touchdown winner yeah okay i like it i like it um yeah I've made this mistake in the past, <laughs> including last year when we had this exact same conversation when it was Chiefs and Eagles, and I picked against Chiefs, and that's when you started your whole Holmes and Kelsey, can't go wrong, you got a shot. I am picking the Chiefs this time. I am going to go on record and say I am desperately hoping I'm wrong here, and not because of Brock Purdy. No, 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 no. I would love it if McCaffrey got his first ring. I would love it if Debo and Ayuk got the recognition they deserve as receivers. And these guys are the first ones to get their first rings. Cool. Do I need another Chiefs championship? Do I need a back-to-back accolade for Mahomes, who would in turn have three fucking rings before he was 30? That is just bananas. So, needless to say, anything else about the Chiefs? I won't get into that much. We'll get into one big topic about it in just a second here. I do feel Chiefs are going to win this one. I'm going to say like 28-21. Like I do feel it's a touchdown as well. But I'm not sure how well the Niners are going to do in this game. And it's only because I'm basing it off just the last couple of weeks where they really have been struggling, especially in the first half. This team that came out against the Lions in the first half was abysmal. The team that came out in the game before that, terrible. So like, they are struggling to get going. Now, Purdy has been doing some magic. McCaffrey is still an absolute animal, and he will keep you in the game. And the man will snap off two or three touchdowns himself to make sure they win. I'm a big McCaffrey guy. That's why I give them a chance. If it wasn't for him, though, I'm sorry. Purdy is just not the guy I'm confident to win a ring from what I've been seeing. Now, he's been, like you said, a good game manager. If he doesn't make mistakes, they're good. They're golden. He's been making some mistakes. He's been mm-hmm. getting in his own head lately. And yeah. honestly, the fact they're even here at this point, I think is a fucking miracle. Because in my opinion, this should have been Detroit. Detroit had them completely beat. I know it all fell apart. You can't change history, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's, in my mind, like you said, this was the Lions beating the Lions. That's the only reason they're not here. And we're not talking about a Lions Super Bowl, which I really wanted to talk about. But... Mm. I do not have confidence that these Niners can take on these fucking Chiefs who are going for history right now. So, sorry. I hope I'm wrong because I'm just sick of the Chiefs dynasty. But, hey, you can't hate on greatness, man. I should know. So, Mm -hmm. I think Kansas City gets another ring and we hear the Taylor Swift news for the next godforsaken summer and a half without football. It's going to be fucking great. It's, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be. You great. know what fucking pisses me off? What are you? What pisses you off? All these fucking Swifties become Chiefs fans, and they're like, "Oh my god, we're in the Super Bowl!" Like, I'm glad you brought that up because I want I want to have a conversation about this Taylor Swift thing for just a second. 
Yeah. Only because lately the Swifties have been coming out in full force to mm-hmm. defend her, which is what they do. We we know this. She's not new, people. We know she has an army of loyal fans worldwide. We get that. Who are ready to lay their lives down and shed blood in her name. I get it. Yeah. But here's what I want to bring this up. There's one stat that came out that mm. I read from Bleacher Report, and it opened my eyes, and it, and we talk about conspiracies here. I know the whole, like, Super Bowl logo color is a conspiracy. That kind of got destroyed this game, this uh, season anyway now because it's purple and red, and guess what? Ravens lost. So that's all bullshit anyway. But this is a conspiracy where I can go, I get it. So, and I don't know how they calculated this, so I'm just going off of the stat I see. They calculated the equivalent brand value that Taylor Swift has generated for the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs since she has been attending games. That number is $331.5 million. I'm just going to pause for a second there. She has generated over $300 million for the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs. To me, if you want to spin a conspiracy, the Chiefs were never not going to be in the Super Bowl. Do you really think that Roger Goodell is not going to let Swifties across the world watch the Super Bowl? Are you kidding? Why would he want to burn cash like that? I don't care what y'all say. There was no way she was missing the Super Bowl. If they got rid of Usher and made her the halftime show on a week notice, I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. That's how crazy it is. But everyone is going crazy this week. I'm seeing a lot of, like, defensive posts. I even saw one that said, like, oh, your daughters are watching you give shit to Taylor Swift for just being a fan and trying to diminish her. And I go, and I I want to talk about this because I think we're getting lost in the message here. And I'm going to speak for myself, not for everybody else. I don't think everyone is angry at Taylor Swift. That's not the thing. I understand it's not her call for them to show her on screen every time Travis Kelsey even touches the ball. I get that. I believe we're mad at the NFL. We're mad at mm-hmm. Goodell. We're mad at the producers because they feel the need to show her every five fucking seconds. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about Taylor Swift. She's she's Taylor Swift. Who gives a shit? She's worldwide famous. She's on every magazine cover. She's on a worldwide tour. Like I don't have to even say living under a rock because you know who she is. I don't care who you are. No one, and again, speaking for myself, I don't think anyone's really mad at her. So the people who are going way out of their way to make mostly men feel like we are betraying womanhood because we don't want to see her on our football games every five seconds is going a little insane. That's a Mm -hmm. little nuts. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this just because it's a little crazy about the value she brings especially while she's dating Travis Kelsey. But all the defense coming out of it, I think, is also overblown, too. And I know you and I talk about it all the time. I know it's something where it's like, we I think we calculated the very first time she got shown on a football game, and it was like they cut to her like 19 times in like a two-hour period. And I go, that's just overkill. Like, we get it. But it's just so blatantly like sucking at the teat of success that she might bring football fans to this. Because I guarantee you, as soon as they break up, you're losing that money. All the Swifties are not going to watch football. They're not going to stay football fans if she's not there. Garrett fucking team. So either you need her to marry Travis Kelsey, <laughs> which who the fuck knows is that going to happen, or you just stop showing her. One of the two. 
I doubt we're going to just milk this cow for the next five years straight without some kind of movement. But I can only see this getting worse for football, for Taylor Swift even, for Travis Kelsey even. How much deeper are we going to dig into this relationship and let it just spread all over essentially the one sport I like watching more than anything else? What do you think about the whole thing? Honestly, I could give a fuck about Taylor Swift. None, right? I Like, I don't give a fuck about her, like, that's nothing against her. No, what? All like I just don't give a fuck about it. Like I'm not a fan. Whatever she right, not my music. Her, whatever, like yeah, it's not that I don't like her or anything. I don't have an opinion on her. Mm. Um, she got some old shit that bang. I ain't gonna cap. <laughs> I'm not like a fan. You saying some shit on here before? I was like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yo, the NFL need to stop putting it on camera. Like exactly. Every time they score a fucking touchdown, we see her cheering. Like, Every show me the time. celebration they're doing on the field. Right. Like, like we watching the game for the players. Ooh. Y'all complained when Colin Kaepernick took a knee on camera. Mm-hmm. When he was trying to stand up for something that's right. But how the fuck y'all keep putting this bitch up on camera? It has <laughs> nothing to do with the game. <laughs> nothing to do with the game. Zero. Zero percent. So fuck out of here with Taylor Swift. I don't give a damn about her. No, it's just, I'm agreeing with you. It's just like, oh my God, it's it's nothing to do with her. We don't give a shit about yeah. her. Just quit showing every five seconds. And there's other celebrities that go to every game. Y'all show them once at the beginning of the game. Oh, Rob Lowe is here. Cool. Like, that's as far as it goes. Oh, LeBron's up here watching the Rams. Okay. You show him. That's LeBron James. And you show him one time. You don't show LeBron every time the Cowboys score. Or the Rams score. I forget which one he's a fan of. But, like, you don't show them every fucking touchdown. You don't even show the play- the players' wives every time their man scores a touchdown. None of them. Thank you. None of them. So, I get she's bigger than all of them. But if you don't want all the negativity from it, why are you deciding to cram her down our throats? Pause. But <laughs> that's the real problem. So, Swifties need to chill. We're not putting the anger towards her. It's the decisions to put her on the television at every waking fucking moment. I even Googled the game for the results and get some stats and things like that. So all I did was Google Chiefs versus Ravens. The first four articles are Taylor Swift articles. I had to scroll down just to find the stats of the game. Like, that's the problem. It's the overexposure. It's not her. It's the exposure. That's all. I just want to put that out there because I'm seeing all the anger. The, the, the closest we get to the Super Bowl, this anger from the, the Swifty Nation is going to just explode and they're going to just take over. And again, I don't give a fuck about the Super Bowl. Enjoy it, Swifties. Welcome to football. Welcome to the biggest show on the planet. Enjoy it. And you pray that your team is going to get back there next year so that Swifty shit you got on for this game will be relevant next year. But I'm almost going to guarantee it Y'all ain't even going to think about football next year because either the Chiefs aren't going to make it or they're going to break up. And then what? So it doesn't mean shit. All you're doing is just taking away from the shit that we like and getting mad that we're getting mad about it. So it'll be just fine. Everybody will be just fine. (laughs) You're like dying over there. (laughs) No, man, bro. I'm clapped. I love it. Also, yo, the face like a whoa. I was like, oh, yo, <laughs> yo, I don't know why, bro. But, 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 but when you were talking, 
I just started daydreaming about some pussy. <laughs> oh my god! You mean you don't know why? I don't I know why. Talking about Swift the whole time. <laughs> I was I was thinking of somebody, and I was like, damn. Your face went like that tomato red. I was oh, like, so, oh, so it's experienced already. It's not like yeah. you're trying to get you're just like reminiscing on it. <laughs> <laughs> that is my cue to move the fuck on. That's what that means. Oh, one more thing I want to mention about the Super Bowl. Um, the weird shit is, and my wife brought this shit up just a little bit ago. 2020, leap year, Niners versus KC, Trump versus Biden. 24, leap year. Niners versus KC, Trump versus Biden. Again, I'm not a conspiracy guy. Happen. Exactly. I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I'm just saying, sometimes the universe lines shit up for you, and you just have to kind of deal with it. Yeah. That's all. But let's move on to a subject this man likes to talk about more than anything else, and that is ball, people. The NBA. We are midseason here, barely midseason, but the NBA trade deadline is rapidly approaching, coming next Thursday on the 8th. And this man is a, is a, I was an Alliance fan, a Pistons fan his whole life. You know me, Bulls my whole life, and also the Bucks. I like to claim them every once in a while too. But I like to claim the shitty Bucks, not the good Bucks, because I didn't earn that shit. But the shitty Bucks, that was my, those are my guys. So, <laughs> but I want to talk yeah. about, hell yeah, man. I want to talk about your Detroit Pistons and with the trade, trade deadline approaching fast, what do you think the Pistons should do? At the trade deadline. Or what do you think they will do? We can do both if you'd like. But What do I think they will do? Yeah. Probably some dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> no faith? No Man. faith at all. <laughs> no, like, it's not that I don't have faith in them. It's that I know that we could do some dumb shit, too. Mm. You know what I mean? Preach. Like, um, I definitely see a scenario where we could, or I, I should say another universe, because I just hope it's not ours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can see in a different universe us trading a Sar Thompson, Jaden Ivey, Isaiah Stewart, maybe a couple of picks for like Zach Levine. Oh yeah. For like <laughs> for like DeJounte Murray. Oh, you wish. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah. If if anyone knows me, I'm a big fan of DeJounte Murray. We could talk about mm-hmm. him in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I don't want him on my team because he wants to win. He's not gonna oh. win anytime soon. <laughs> wow. He's not gonna win anytime soon. All that hope into the Lions and none for the Pistons. Y'all can't win it, without him? Come on. Look. Murray's look, a baller. Look, look, look. He he's a baller, but we need help. You need help. That's true. And one man can't, you know, change an entire franchise. We need mm. a group of guys. Yes, sir. And that brings me to the to to the next point that I'm making. When did you put a it's, boxing glove on? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, thought was a, I thought you put like a winter glove on. I was like, are you cold? And I realized it was a boxing glove. Oh, my God. I was sorry. Go on. That caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, my God. But I think we need to do something with like some of the vets on our team, like Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. Um, who's another white boy on the bench? Joe Harris. <laughs> um, maybe Alec Burks and Monte Morris. We need to get rid of those vets. We need to just say, fuck it, we going young. There you go. We need to... Already pretty young. <laughs> yeah, and we need to just fucking stay young. We need this group to grow together. We need them to play together. Why do I yes. want to get rid of the vets? Because the vets are taking up minutes that could be valuable minutes to a young team with a Absolutely. lot of talent that is waiting to just make their stride. You got Asar Thompson, who was a starter at the start of the season. 
Now he's coming off the bench playing like 10 minutes again. Mm -hmm. Remind, I need everyone to be reminded that Asar Thompson, a 6'7", he's listed as a shooting guard, was averaging 10 rebounds a game. Mm. And all yeah, of a sudden, he can't, let's bench he can't that get guy. minutes off the bench. Yeah, yeah, let's bench that guy. Let's bench that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know the assignment. You're trying to tank, not win. Have a seat. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Like, but I don't. Yeah, I think we need to just get rid of vets. Yeah. But do we that. get in return draft picks? Whatever the fuck, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, we're not gonna get much for him. In a perfect world, we would make a move for Kaminga. Mm. Um, but I know that's not gonna happen. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> I think he'd be perfect for our team. Mm -hmm. I would like that a lot. I, I would definitely see that, and I do agree. Yeah, the youth movement in Detroit is. Crucial for you guys. Yeah. You have the you have the right coach for a young team, and the core of your team definitely is those are babies. So yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't just like move the vets off, get super young, get just some years under your belt, and let them gel together and just really fucking nail it. But it's Detroit we're talking about, so mm -hmm. don't know if that's gonna really happen for you. But I can't talk because if you know your Bulls history. We don't do shit at the trade deadline. We don't know what that even is anymore. The last two years, the Bulls have sat and done nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Mm -hmm. So what do I think we're going to do this year? Nothing. Nothing at all, which is fucking bullshit. Because <laughs> what we really need to do is unload our one-way players. And I'm talking about Zach Levine, yes. And I'm also talking about DeMar DeRozan. And I'm also talking about Andre Drummond. Mm. I, I need the one-wayers off my team. The problem with this mm. is, because the Bulls are a bunch of geniuses in this fucking front office, Zach Levine's contract is an albatross. It's massive for a person who's as good as he's been in the past, not worth the value. The value is mm. awful, which has mm. completely tanked his market, not to mention the injury history. So mm -hmm. now... His contract is too high. His value is tanked. He's injured all the fucking time. And he has even someone like the Lakers who were thirsty for him for a while. Mm -hmm. Even they're like, now nah, we're good. So we are going to get practically nothing for him. And DeRozan, same boat. Where we could probably offload him, but we're not going to get a lot of pieces for him. And that's, that is what it is. At the end of the day, the Bulls need draft picks. Oh, my God. They need draft picks so fucking bad. So fucking bad. Because they have nothing for the future. They have nothing saved up. They've spent all their money on an aging core. We have some good young players that we can build around. I like Kobe White. I think you, you can keep Booch. I think you can keep Pat Will. Like, we have young studs we can build off of. And I like the youth idea for us, too. But there's no market for any anybody except for one person who I'll bring up in just a second here. So I like your idea. If Detroit is just desperate enough... I would love to offer you Levine, and we'll take Jaden Ivey or Sar Thompson and some picks. Like, I would love it. You want him? You want Drummond back too? We'll give you Levine and Drummond, and we'll take Ivey and Asar. And then like, uh, you know, got twenty twenty seven first round pick. We're good. And you got a deal. We got we got a deal. That's what I would. Yeah, like. no. Yeah, no. I'm see, good. See, that's the only thing I can hope for is for someone to rig the trade machine on NBA two K and make that actually happen in real life and force it to fucking happen. But in real life, it's not going to fucking happen. There's only one good trade asset the Bulls have that I really, really don't want to get rid of. But if we're going to do anything, it's Alex Caruso, which that mm. sucks. 
because I really fucking love Caruso. He's been a fantastic player for the Bulls. But you talk about like a player that could go to a contending team and help him win a championship. Mm-hmm. Caruso's your guy. Mm-hmm. Caruso is yep. a is a great one on one defender. He can guard most positions. He's mm-hmm. a solid three point shooter. Like, yeah. who wouldn't want him to help get him a ring? Like, you know, he did the same thing for the Lakers. Why not? You brought you brought up, you just made me have a brain blast. You made me think of an idea. You okay. guys could ship Caruso and maybe Levine for like um, Dejounte Murray. And it's not a bad idea. I don't know what else the contract. I was gonna would... say. Yeah, it's Men, it's gonna like, need picks. We're gonna need a picks. DeAndre for that. Hunter, um, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how much Caruso is getting paid. Actually, I know he's getting paid quite a bit because. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enough, but not like Levine, where it's gonna be yeah. enough to Levine not move him somewhere. Murray would be comparable, but I think so. I can see that's like a realistic realistic trade I can see happening because Absolutely. the Hawks are trying to get three and D off ball type players. Yeah. Um, and Chicago just is gonna be Chicago. And try to get these middle of the pack or middle of the age stars oh. and mess them up with some mediocre ish talent and just see if it I, works. I told you this like 30 episodes ago. That is what the Bulls have always done. They always try that same fucking strategy of let's get a DeMar DeRozan and match him up with a bunch of young players and see what happens. And it doesn't. We get like one good year out of it and then it goes. Oh wait, he's only. Okay, let's try to get one now. more player now. One more, and it'll be Levine. In. Okay, I know it's backwards on my timeline, but I'm yeah, just saying yeah. they try to get someone like a Levine to match up with him, and it doesn't work. And then we end up trying to scrape the bottom of the barrel, and we are mediocre every fucking year. It's stuck in status quo, and it's only their fault that they're like that in that position. They could have made trades years from now. I mean, my God, every year we always are knocking on the door to make a big blockbuster trade or a splash signing or something it never fucking happens and you would think it's not like the bears it's not like you go and look at the bears and go "Ooh, that's a gutter franchise i don't want i don't want to play for them we, they're going mm-hmm. nowhere i don't want to be a quarterback for the bears like the no, team's going nowhere the Bulls are actually an attractive team to go to exactly that is a historic franchise with championship pedigrees one of if not the goat i'm not gonna go into that debate right now but in the history books. So, like, mm-hmm. of course you want to play for the Bulls. Like, shit. It never happens for them. But when it comes to Caruso, there is one team and one player I would be very happy if we ended up getting for him. And you fucking brought him up, which is why I started laughing. I would love trading him for Jonathan Kuminga. I would love mm. it. I would say, like, Kuminga, like, I don't know, like, Corey Joseph, and, like, a uh, first rounder in, like, 2026. So you're shipping uh, Caruso and who? Like, like DeRozan? I was going to say, if we had to Crusoe and DeRozan, I'm fine with that. DeRozan, because if we're getting Kaminga, yeah, you need to get rid of, you got to give him DeRozan, which is fine. I'm fine with that. Youth movement, rap picks for the future. That's my biggest thing. I know losing Caruso is losing a lot of defense, but we ain't competing now anyway. Who gives a shit? Build for the future. That's what the Bulls desperately need to do. And I think Kuminga, who, I mean, very, what's he, 21? He's young, but over the He's past young. few games, I think it was like the past, since he cut his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Since he cut his hair, he's averaging 25 and shooting right. like crazy numbers. Exactly. He's like shooting 47 percent from three and like 50 from the field. He's been balling. Exactly. So I know it, his price has definitely gone up, which is fair. That's fine. Which, yeah, if we have to give up Caruso and DeRozan for that, 
I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. My thing is this. I talked about getting rid of the one-way players on the team. Kuminga is a huge two-way prospect. I think potentially he could be a top 10 like when it comes to two-way player. So that's somebody you're building a team around. And, you know, Corey Joseph, you know, whatever. If you want to pepper in another player like that, it's fine. Maybe change of scenery might help with that. That's a low-risk addition to that trade. But I would love Kuminga to be a big-time potential for the Bulls. So if I have to get rid of Caruso, that's who I'd like to see. Murray would also be pretty fucking great, but less of a package for Murray, even though I think Murray is great right now. So mm-hmm. I think you would help out anybody else. But we'll see. We'll see. What is a seeing? As I said, Caruso would be like a player to help a contending team. Do you have a player you think that could get traded to help a, a team win a championship? I mean, I don't know. Like the potential trades that could happen and what's been rumored, mm. um, I would have to say no. I don't think there's going to be a piece like that out there. Mm. But um, one move that is very intriguing to me is uh, DeJounte Murray to the Nets. Ooh, I haven't seen that rumor. I, It'd be like uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian mm-hmm. Finney-Smith, yep. um, Royce O'Neal, and uh, somebody else for DeJounte Murray and um, uh, another, like, a throw-in. I like it. So it'd be, so it'd be DeJounte Murray, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, and whoever else at the four. That's not bad. Yeah, not bad at That's all. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Mm, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Murray, I think, if anybody – is like the number one trade piece. It's probably him at this point. Like, yeah. you know, he's going to help a contender. I don't know if you consider the Nets a contender at this point, but he would definitely make them one. Um, well, yeah, they would be like heavily favored in the playoff push. I, I think so. Like, that'd be a very sneaky addition. I yeah. like it. I like that that's a lot. all they're really missing. A stability yeah. at the, like the one guard spot. Um, Because fucking Ben Simmons is a little bitch. Never wants to play. Ooh. That's really the point guard. If you, yeah, technically, that's really their point guard. Oh, and I forgot about my guy. They could start Cam Thomas. They can go small oh. start Cam Thomas. There you go. Well, Cam Thomas can play the four as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. I like that you brought up Ben Simmons. What do you really think about him overall? Um, Honestly, he's not a bad player. He just never fucking tell? plays. I, was say, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the last time I seen him play anything. <laughs> he had a triple-double, I think, the other day. Did he? Okay. Hey, See, I, thing is, I swear he did. I always hear that he's playing on times where I'm actually not watching. And then I go and see if I can find him. He's like benched or something. Like it's, That's how it always goes for him. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I, I've just, I've never seen so much hype for a player who does nothing unless he is, well, unless like the, the circumstances around him are absolutely perfect and he feels safe and secure and healthy. Yeah. Then he's, then he's a baller. Then he's no. like a, then it's like, oh, this is why we traded for him. This is the Ben Simmons we're waiting for. But that's like 5% of the time, and any other time he's either banged up or he's wearing a ridiculous outfit when the rest of his teammates are wearing something like a jersey or a fucking uniform when like he's supposed to, a warm-up or something, and he's there in a fucking tuxedo and a cowboy hat. So, like, <laughs> that's all I even really know him for, even though I know the guy can ball. But, yeah, like it, I just – Bro, you, you know what's crazy? I don't know if you – I don't know if you know this, but mm. you know he was picked over Brandon Ingram. No, I didn't in the know draft. That. What? Um, I don't know anybody that would pick Ben Simmons over Brandon Ingram right now. No, even if Ben Simmons was playing. Right. No, Ingram's great. So no, no, that's weird. Yeah, 
Yeah. Wow. That's, See, that's, that's how much hype was behind Ben Simmons. Hype. Hype, man. I never saw it. I saw, even when he – the few great games I see from Ben Simmons, none of that screamed to me like, this is like a high draft pick. It was always like a, oh, that was a really good game. But the amount of hype he had going into the draft, it's like I haven't seen anything that makes me think, who does he remind me of? They were calling him the next LeBron. See, that's just – that's yeah. insane. I'm trying to think of an NFL quarterback that was like that. Fucking – uh, Carson Wentz got it done. <clears throat> He's Carson Wentz. All the hype. Everyone thought Carson Wentz was the next Peyton Manning. And what do you do? He gets hurt every fucking year. He's played for half the fucking teams already, and he hasn't done shit. Ends up the on the entire bench. fucking time. He's on the bench. Like he's Carson Wentz to me. Where I'm just like, okay. At some point, I'm sure you saw something elite about him. I don't see it now. I don't even get it. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, we talked last week about a bunch of big scoring performances uh, after the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's 81-point game. Mm-hmm. You know, freaking Embiid went off, what was it, 71 points? Mm, yeah, 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 71. I think so, 71, 71 points. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and then Carl Anthony Towns had, what, 60 of his own, 63, I believe? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was like 60, yeah, something like that. I in forgot. a 60 range, in yeah. a 60 range. Yep, you know, yep. KD had a big 40-point game. Didn't somebody yep. else? Oh, didn't Luka go off too? Luka. Yeah, Luka had that 70-point game too. Yeah, yeah point another 70-point yeah. game that yeah. same week. So something, I mean, everyone was just playing for Kobe, yeah. which is insane, insane amount of points that were scored last yeah. week. So for those of you living under a rock, a very sad rock, it is uh, – Four years since the passing of Kobe Bryant and his, his beautiful daughter. And I wanted to talk to you just about, because I know how much we talk about Kobe here, how much we love and adore his legacy. Just some of your favorite moments from Kobe's illustrious career, GOAT level, one would say as well. Just some things you remember. I know you've watched him your whole life. So yeah. just a few a few moments that stand out to you as like some of his best, just to share. Um. So obviously everyone points to the 81 point game, but I'm not gonna point to that. Of course, um, of course. The first one that comes to my mind is uh that playoff series he actually lost mm. to uh, the Boston Celtics. I think it was in 08. I believe so. The first time he lost to the Celtics, what made it so memorable for me was how focused he looked when he lost. Like Ooh. he was ready to go to work. And he was ready to come back and win that shit next year. <laughs> That's what made it memorable to me. Like, he was walking off, throwing the fucking confetti off him and shit. You can yeah. tell that man was pissed. Um, Dialed in. Love it. That And number two, I'd have to point to his last game. I remember watching that. I remember I was still working at Foot Locker. I was watching that. I said, hold on, hold on. In the middle of <laughs> working, I was watching that shit. Went home, put it on the aux, drove home. Took it out, walked home into the bed, laid in bed, still watching the game and shit on my phone. <laughs> like, I was locked into this game. Mm. Um, man, it was like written out of a storybook. Everything was just going exactly how you would think it would go for a man that's about to play his last game. Every it's shot beautiful. he took went in. Um, he looked like the old Kobe fading away, one, two dribble pull-ups, contested shots, double pumping. Hell man, yeah. Kobe was going nuts. Um Man, and number three, I would have to point to when he lost to the Detroit Pistons in the finals. Cause I, I knew was, it was on there. Of my life. <laughs> I fucking knew it. <laughs> I was like, he's not going to do a Pistons game. He's not going to say it. And then he said it. <laughs> I fucking knew it. I, oh, my God. Oh, I don't blame man. you. I can't blame you. 
Yeah, That's amazing. I got that one in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, minor. I have some similar ones. Of course, the eighty-one point game. We all fucking know that. How do you beat that shit? I also have his final game on there too. The man scored sixty points in his last game ever, and they hit him with the Mamba out. I was like, yeah, fucking legend, legend. He looked amazing in that game. Oh my god! Like you said, storybook. You couldn't write it any better. However, I have a couple others. One that I personally just absolutely adored. Mm-hmm. Game seven, finals mm. win against the Celtics, 2010. Because that series, to me, as an mm. adult fan, probably the best final series I've seen. Like, it was... Oh, yeah. Was that? I said, oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I'm like, just grabbing the cookies. No. <laughs> <laughs> the munchies kicked in, huh? I'm yeah, the they're kicking in, man. Yeah, boy. But yes, that that series, just Lakers Celtics in general. All I mean, just my God, historically most, speaking, historically, probably the best rivalry of all time. I know there's some debate there too, but that's considered one of the best. But that series in 2010, I was locked in to every game the whole way watching Kobe, the Celtics that year were fucking dope too. So like seeing him get a Game Seven Finals win and a Finals MVP from that one, man. If he wasn't cemented before that. And then yep. it's not like it's not like that game or anything was anything too special, you know, against his stats. I think that whole series he averaged like twenty eight and a half points. Uh, yeah, he had. A, I think that was his second straight Finals MVP, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it's not like he was like the world beater Kobe, but he was instrumental to that win the entire series. Everyone they got, Kobe was the one. He was the engine behind that team getting them to the finals, getting them to the championship. Like that was grit and determination and that mama mentality on full display. So yeah. I think he you, didn't, he didn't even play well in uh game seven. No, he had a bad he shooting night, but he yeah. was grabbing the hell out of rebounds. He had like 12 rebounds or some shit. Exactly. <laughs> I, remember I was watching that game at the laundry mat, doing my laundry with my mom <laughs> and shit, man. Yes, exactly. And Metal that's piece why... was going crazy. Woo. There you go. See, that's why I think I liked it so much is because it's easy to say, oh, he can put up 81 points a game. That's dope. But when you are that gritty and you will your team and you're instrumental and you're the one influencing and doing all the heart and all the determination and hard work for it, man, he earned every bit of that championship. So I fucking love that one. And my other one, Warriors game, 2013, Kobe tears his Achilles, gets back up, shoots two free throws and makes them and then walks off the court. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. Just the biggest fucking balls ever. Do you know how hard it, I can barely shoot a basket, barely a free throw. I mean, my God, my, my son could probably outshoot me. In fact, he already has on a basketball court. So (laughs) I know how difficult it can be for someone like myself to shoot a basket ball into a basket. Can you imagine doing that with a torn Achilles, which in my opinion is one of the most horrifying fucking injuries, even though it might be minor to some people, your Achilles, I cringe thinking about what that would feel Mm -hmm. like tearing your Achilles. Mm -hmm. And the man continued to do his fucking job for the goddamn team. And he made, and that's the other thing is he made them both. If your Achilles is torn, your whole shooting motion is off. So he could have bricked both of them, and I still would have thought he was a fucking boss. But the fact that he made them both makes him the Mamba, the motherfucking Mamba. So, mm-hmm. 
any of these kids out here who do not know Kobe's game, who haven't seen his great performances, who have only heard about him in Legend, those, between the two of us, those are some real memories that you need to go to YouTube after you look at our show, Bank Pro Show on YouTube, the Bank Pro Show. Make sure you go look up those Kobe clips as well mm-hmm. because they are fantastic. Mm-hmm. My God, what a fucking stud of a player. Mm-hmm. There will never be another one like him. We miss him every single day. It still doesn't feel like he's gone. It just mm-hmm. doesn't. It doesn't feel real still. Mm-mm. And it's been four that's, years now. That's my goal. I know it is, man. Mm-hmm. I have to say MJ, but you know me. Like I said, Kobe is like the 1B for me. I I think I've watched Kobe more in like prime time than mm-hmm. I did in Michael Jordan. Because when Michael Jordan was playing, I was a kid. So yeah. I, you know, I idolized Michael Jordan because that was my introduction into basketball, really. But like as a teenager and an adult, it's mm-hmm. Kobe. Kobe is the guy I watched by far the most. Mm-hmm. And I hate the I hate the Lakers. Always have, always will. And never applied to Kobe. And when Kobe and Shaq were together, whew, that was blockbuster television. You had to watch it. The alley ooping shit, man. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. You you couldn't stop that shit. So I mean, they had what three rings together? Yeah, Kobe and Shaq. Three pieces. My God, that's all you got to know is. Yep. If you don't know Kobe, go look up some Kobe, man. He was part of a three-peat, and then he repeated himself with Pau Gasol. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 1B for me. 1A and 1B. It's good shit. Talk to your fans for your last words tonight, sir. Man, so I was hanging out with this girl, right? Um, The same girl I've been talking about. Okay. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Same girl I was talking about. Okay. And you know what I'm saying? I fuck with it. And, uh. She asked me to go over her house to help her build her couch. Is that a euphemism? Um, huh? <laughs> Is that no, no, a... No. Okay, I was like... No, like, for real. Like, build her couch. Asked, yeah, yeah. She really asked me to go over and help her build her couch this weekend. All right. So, I'm actually pretty excited. Like, this is some cute-ass shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, some cute-ass shit. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a little nervous, though, but, man. Ooh, this... I can tell. You're, like, kind of flustered a little bit by this girl. No, she's cool, man. A little uh, bit. She's cool. Trust um, me, I know you. Maybe not maybe not flustered. You're just like coy, I think is the word. Coy. Ooh. Just kind of, every time we talk word. about it, you, you do this. You do like your little head turn and you go like, she's, she's cool. She's cool. She's cool. That usually means like you feel a certain way, which is, I'm not going to put cool, words man. in your mouth. She's cool. I'm she's happy cool, that you I are getting a little excitement, maybe a few yeah. butterflies from it because you deserve that shit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We will hope that that goes well and that maybe building a couch this weekend turns into date night next weekend and so nope, on and nope, so on. It's going to nope. turn into us breaking that couch. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. I was trying. He said, nope. We're going to put it together, Ikea style, and we'll break it Buffalo Bill style. <laughs> oh, oh no okay well hopefully that endeavor goes well for you too <laughs> i can't say that because i'm a dad so someone breaking a couch to me is like i get frustrated i'm like no <laughs> you eat your couch man you eat your fucking couch not literally but but maybe yeah, you... break break it in you know break yeah it yeah we're gonna break it in real nice make sure there it fits to both of us you know what i mean I, I feel that. Make sure the springs that. are all right. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, folks. If for more stories like that, make sure 
You check out all of our fucking content. Like I mentioned before, we're the Bank Bro Show on YouTube. We are the Bank Bro Show at Facebook, the Bank Bro Show at gmail.com, and we are at Bank Bro Show on Instagram. Again, more coming there, more clips coming from this guy. Hopefully, not the pornographic kind, because I have no idea what he's going to be doing on that couch. And I don't even want to know. Save it for your OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Unsubscribe, but subscribe to us. Make sure you come back next week because we'll be right back here with more sports knowledge for you and some spicy stories from this man because that's what he likes to deliver just mm-hmm. for you. That's what he loves to do. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, you know what it is. Bank bros are in your city. We are here for you as always, and you can bank on it. Mm. Peace. One, two, three. Ah, ah.